Welcome back to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. And my name is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here, we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in today, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today I am back in the studio, as it were, with Jason, uh, my regular co-host. You know, this this year we've had uh, a few different things going on with the podcast, and you haven't been on quite so regularly, but it's good to be back sitting across the table from you. Hey, Jason, how are you today? I'm good, Duffy. It is good to be back with you, and, and I was just commenting on the fact that it feels like it's been a long time since I had the headset on yeah. and being able to record with you. So thank you for uh, bringing me in to do yeah, this. It's good. I'm looking forward to today. Today's episode was actually Jason's idea. I think it's a great idea. Um, if you've seen the uh, the title of the episode, we're going to be just talking about a recent conference that I attended uh, regarding um, theology of worship. And so we'll get into that in a few minutes. But um, Jason, uh, if you don't know anything about Jason, Jason has lots of records. He keeps records really, really well about his life and things like that. It's really cool. So he's got in front of him something he may want to bring up and, and share with the listener here. Really cool. <laughs> well, what, since we were talking about convic- uh, conventions and meetings and things that yeah, we yeah. go to and attend as uh, staff, um, I have a listing of some of the conferences and events that I have been able to attend through the years. Uh, like we've gone to the Shepherds Conference, uh, Simeon Trust Workshops. I think I've been to Simeon Trust at least seven, eight times. Um, Shepherds Conference three different times. G3 Conference, um, SBC Annual Meeting, the um, Institute for ex- uh, Expository Preaching. Those are just some examples. And so I mentioned those because that's what we want to talk about in this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like in, in pastoral ministry and vocational ministry, you end up going to conferences all the time. And you go to some that are amazing, and you go to some that uh, probably could have spent, you know, probably could have not gone, you know. Right, right. <laughs> not right. taking the time. It didn't miss much. Um, so, yeah. Right. Jason's going to interview me here in just a few minutes about the recent conference I went to. But um, what was, uh, I'm just going to popcorn this question right off. What, what's a memorable conference in the last maybe decade that you can, what was that one memorable conference for you, Jason? Uh, the first time that we went to the Shepherds Conference was, um, a really memorable event because that's John MacArthur's uh, annual conference for uh, pastors, shepherds, and the you know been a John MacArthur listener and follower really all of my ministry life, and so uh, to go and be there in person to see the campus, uh, to see the feel, you know, to see the the sanctuary and get the feel of. Of the sanctuary and him preaching and the music, 
that was that was a special special time for me. Cool, just to get to experience it for yourself mm-hmm. for the first time. Right, yeah. stayed over. The conference ended on Saturday. We stayed over for a Sunday morning service. Oh, neat. Yes, neat. and so it was, that that's probably the one that stands out the most. I've enjoyed all of them that I've gone to. I understand what you were saying earlier. Sometimes you think. What am I doing here? And mm-hmm. I, I think that might be true on particular aspects and some of the bits and pieces of what I've attended through the years. But for the most part, um, they've all been edific- edifying, uh, encouraging, educational, sure. uh, all of those different aspects that I'm uh, delighted. And also, this is probably a good time to mention this, thankful that the congregation would invest in us like this. Hey, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, and I, I went, uh, uh, we have conference money set aside in the budget each year. So I went with, uh, you know, the church's financial support to this recent conference, and, um, and like you as well, and I am super grateful that, yes. that, that we're able to do that because it's not cheap to do that. Right. And so. Well, what was yeah. the name of the conference that you went to? So I attended Covenant Conference, and it's uh, it's held by or put on by um, Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. So it's a it's a conference put on by a seminary. And this was their second year to do this, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it, so this year's theme was on the theme of worship. So each year it's a different theological theme or pastoral theme. Mm-hmm. So next year it'll be something else. Last year it was something else. Uh, so it caught my eye. I guess we can get into this now. But uh, Jason was going to kind of interview me about the conference asking me some questions and just kind of me debriefing a little bit, just talking a little bit about the conference. But uh, yeah, it was put on by, so Sam Waldron uh, is the president, I believe, of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, and that's in Owensboro, Kentucky. And so the conference was held in Louisville, Kentucky, um, at, I believe it's titled Reformed Baptist Church of Louisville. I think that's the name. It's not a super... Uh, creative name. <laughs> it's just Reformed Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Right. How did you so, hear about it again? How did um, you get connected? I, so I'm, I'm on social media. I get emails from all kinds of things. I forget how I heard about it. Probably an email, right. honestly. Right. Uh, PR, you know, sending a, hey, we're having a conference in a few months kind right. of thing. And so it was the last of March, if I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, just the, the last weekend of March. Correct. And um, what, uh, what, have, so you said that they, they, this is the second year. So did you attend last year? No, this was my first time. I heard about it last year, and maybe that's why I got an email. I, I'm, I'm sure that I was inquiring in 2022 about the conference. Mm-hmm. Didn't go to that. So I, at some point I got an email or saw it on Twitter or Facebook or right. something. <laughs> so who were some of the keynote speakers? Uh, yeah. You mentioned Sam Waldron. Yeah, this is what really drew me, actually, you know, um, when, when you pick a conference, and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about, when you pick a conference, you have a lot of options. Um, we did this last year. I think we were talking about, hey, we could go here or we could go here. What do we want to do here? Yes. What would be the best way to spend our money? Yes. You know, what would be the most profitable for the money, you know? Because you got to get a, a – you're either driving somewhere, usually a far distance, or getting a plane ticket, hotel – I mean, all kinds of things. Anyway, so uh, the the speakers for me is what really caught my attention. So Dr. Tom Nettles uh, was there uh, at the conference. Also, Dr. Waldron, of course, it was his his conference. Um, Pastor Conrad Mbewe um, from Lusaka, Zambia. So he's affiliated with Vodi Bakum, 
um, in Lusaka with Amer or African Christian University mm -hmm. there. So he's been a long time. If you know anything about G3 Ministries and um, all these other, he, he's a big name. Um, love hearing him. And then uh, Scott Annual, mm -hmm. who is now with G3 Ministries, um, a long time professor at Southwestern Seminary. He's now a faculty member, adjunct, or not adjunct, but he's a, a distance faculty member of uh, my seminary. So that was really cool to have him there as well. Right, right. And there were some other guys, but we wouldn't know their names right. uh, necessarily. And Tom Nettles, he's, he's a big name. If you're familiar as a listener with Founders Ministry. Um, Southern Tom, Baptist Seminary. Yes, uh, <laughs> Tom Askell. Tom Askell, yep. um, These are names that are connected with. Um, Correct. Um, Tom Nettles, so he's uh, he's always good to listen to. So when you chose this conference, Duffy, what were you hoping to to receive from it? What were you looking for? Was there any expectation that you had? Yeah, honestly, it was just uh, at the at the outset, I thought this would be a, a different conference for me to attend. I've attended many different conferences in the past, and this was just a new option for me. So I was like, oh, this would be a cool one to go to. I haven't been. I don't know if I'll go back but it looks like it would be at least worth one time, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't done a whole lot of repeat conferencing uh, before. Usually you'll go, and it's great, and then you kind of want to do something different the next time. Um, so there wasn't really a specific. I love that they were talking about worship. You know, they're a confessional reformed uh, group of guys, and so they were, you know, the, the conference was built around the Second London Confession of Faith and kind of how that informs the church's worship. Um, one other thing I've got right here, almost forgot, is that last fall, uh, Dr. Waldron published a, f it's, he originally had written this book. This is like an expanded, more full, robust treatment of the regulative principle of worship. So he published this with, it looks like Evangelical Press. And so it's entitled, How Then Should We Worship? And that was the conference title. So the, the conference, uh, the subtitle of the book that Sam Waldron wrote is The Regulative Principle and required parts of the church's corporate worship. And so that really intrigued me. I wanted to hear some more, you know, robust theological underpinnings of the regulative principle from a Baptist perspective. Right. And so I was like, well, this will be the place to go. I can drink deeply, uh, you know, learn some things, hear these great men speak on this concept of worship in the church, and just be edified and... and that sort of thing. Right. And, of course, you're our music and media uh, minister here at the church. Yep. And, and It uh, sort of applies. Yes, you know? <laughs> it does. So in that vein, then, what, what, yeah. what were two personal takeaways from the conference for you? Sure, sure. And I, I saw this. So Jason gave me some questions to look over before, and I was like, what am I going to write here? Just two things. There were many, <laughs> many things. But one thing I would say personally um, would be that, the more I spend time personally thinking on God himself, um, the better my personal uh, response to him in worship becomes. And so basically, um, I need to do a better job personally as a Christian. It has nothing to do with me being on staff at a church, being a father, a husband, just me being in personal union with Christ, spending more time on thinking about him and the Father, and that uh, this uh, being able to approach the throne room of grace, right? And, and so that really impacted me much, that we ought to spend more time, significantly more time, 
personally contemplating God and who he is and what he's done for us, and therefore that will in, uh, engage our worship more of him. Right, right. So that's that's kind of a general thing, but it was good to hear. You know, you always need to be reminded of these things. Right. Was it um, A.W. Tozer that says what you think about the most reveals who you are? It probably was Tozer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then another one is just, so regarding the regulative principle of worship specifically, and kind of how that informs the way the church engages in corporate worship and all of the different other aspects so um, how we govern ourselves and our polity you know who we have in leadership all of these things are under the regulative principle and just a good reminder that as Christians as Bible believing Christians who would affirm a sola scriptura as the final rule for all faith and practice that we need to avoid ingenuity and getting creative in our worship because God has set uh, the standard for it already. We don't need to get creative with him. He doesn't require that. He's not asking us to. <laughs> when you, and when you say creative, you mean in the sense that the world would say smoke machines and flashing lights and that kind of, that, that, that what you're sort, talking that about? That sort of a thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those, not those not things constantly that... needing to feel like you need to be cutting edge right. with things within the church, you know, to attract. No attractional uh, underpinnings to what you do within the corporate worship. So get, attracting the world, right? right? So I was so, reading, yeah. we are recording this during Holy Week. Oh, yes. And we're coming up on our Resurrection Sunday yes. services. Yes. And I was reading about a church, and um, the pastor was going to um, build a Roman cross in the service, and there was going to be uh, bounce houses and food and um, all kinds of other entertainment and games, um, those kinds of a thing. So regulative principle would help us to know that we don't have to have those things. Not that they're necessarily sinful in and of themselves, but for those things to be used in the context of, of worship would probably not be the best place to use those things. Well, yeah, I and mean, you're being very kind about saying that. I mean, I would say they have no place within the church. Right. With their, there's nothing wrong with a bounce house, but it doesn't belong in a church service. Right. You know, that's, that's a, yeah. To say, it, to say it warmly like you just said it, probably not the best place for that. Right. So, yes, exactly, right. exactly. So those two things I would say, just um, me personally as a Christian, um, spending more time thinking on God and th- and specifically from His Word, right? We were we were drawn many times to the Psalms, specifically where we find a lot of God's character brought out to us, um, the juxtaposition of God's character, who He is, and man and His plight. We see in the Psalms all throughout, and so when when David's at his lowest, he recognizes God who is in the highest, right? And right. that's that's kind of the the contrast, the antithesis there that then brings us into uh, more um, right worship, I suppose. Okay, so then let's bounce off of that just a minute, Duffy. And this is a similar question, but maybe a a little different nuance to it. But what are a couple of pastoral things that we could uh, talk about that you received at the conference? Yeah, and again, this was difficult as well because we got so much, as every conference is, you get just this, you know, fire hydrant of, of good information and your brain is going 100 miles an hour. Oh, this, 
oh, we need to, or I need to, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's really hard. It's when so you, hard to distill it. <laughs> and when you go to a conference, it's hard to sleep because you're in a yes. strange bed in a room yes. anyway. And then your brain is going 9,000 miles an you hour. You just had eight hours of, you know, content or something. Right. And then you can't sleep because right. you're thinking, wait, I need to change my thinking here. Or, man, that was amazing. Or, I really need to chew on that again. Or <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, I, I would say, here's two things that I would say. And there are many more. Um, so, number one, and I would say this is important for every single Christian, regardless of status, if you're on staff at a church, if you're a pastor, if you're just a regular church member, a child even, a, a teenager, what happens when the church gathers must have biblical precedent. Um, and, and what what I let me unpack that for just a moment, because they were reminding us that the the gathering Lord's Day gathering of the church on a Sunday morning, um, the weekly gathering I should say where the preaching of the word happens, the singing together, the reading, all these elements that we find in the regulative principle. The sacraments. Everything, yes. Baptism, Lord's Supper, all of these things are designed to happen within the context of the corporate gathering of the church. Okay, And that's what the regulative principle governs specifically. And so there are, uh, Dr. Waldron had this great um, message about kind of applying that principle to other areas of the church. And you know, there, he kind of narrowly defines it, and it was helpful in the sense that, like, say, a small group that meets on a Tuesday night is not necessarily under, under the regulative principle of worship because that is not the church as a whole. And he says, well, how do you know this? There's a question, well, how, how do you know that that doesn't apply? Well, he ties uh, church discipline and excommunication and all of those types of things to the church as a whole. And so the church as a whole um, engages in church discipline, but a small group of the church cannot engage, has no authority to engage in church discipline. And so the regulative principle, he kind of tied it to the church as a whole versus a, you know, a non-Lord's Day gathering, right. I suppose. So and that maybe, was really helpful to think through. Right. And so <laughs> let's think just for a minute um, about the regulative principle. We've said that several times. Sure. To define it means yep. that uh, we would as a church, do in worship and conduct ourselves in our polity, in our relationship with one another as uh, leadership and, and uh, person in the pew, according to what the scripture says regularly, this is how it ought to be done. Well, the, the specific definition that like Waldron would be using is that there are specific, he's using it within the context of corporate worship specifically. Mm -hmm. So elements of corporate worship that we find precedent for in the scripture. So singing together would be one. It's a command to sing together, preaching the word, you know, reading the word, reading the, the having the public reading of the word, praying um, in our corporate gatherings, right. um, those sorts of things. And yes. baptism and the Lord's Supper. Right. So what you said is correct, but that that's not the necessarily the definition that like Waldron would be saying right. on the regular I, I, I defined it as much broader than what. <laughs> sure, sure. And usually, sure. to be truthful, when we think about the regular principle, we think about the elements of worship. True, true. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that would be the first one. What happens when the church gathers must have biblical precedent. That was just kind of my general takeaway. Um, and, and, you know, even moving forward, every church ought to consider and evaluate their corporate worship services in light of what we find in Scripture. Is there precedent for this? Um, is 
saying, oh, well, that's fine. Is that good enough reason to incorporate XYZ into your worship service? Or, oh, that'll attract someone. That'll, that'll get the people from their houses to the church. Is that an okay reason to do something or not to do something? Is that authoritative? Right. And we would say no. The scripture is what our guide is when we gather to worship our God and Savior. Right. And so the number, uh, second thing <clears throat> is that, and this was another reminder for everyone from the pulpit to the pew, so to speak, is that everything that we do in our gathered worship setting is communicating something of what we believe or don't believe. And so how we worship, not just what we do, but how we worship, um, what we say, when we say it, how we say it, what we sing, how we sing what we sing, when we sing, all of these things are communicating something. And we need to be in tune to that, even from, from those on stage, but also those in the pew. You need to, if you're a, <clears throat> pardon me, if you're just a, a regular church member, um, you should have your um, evaluatory eyes on, even when we gather in church on Sundays, and be considering what it is we're doing, you know. Uh, we have a bit of a liturgy here at, at Believers. We kind of have a, a regular order of service that we engage in each week. And although some of the particular details change, we do have a flow of our service that we engage in each week. And a lot of those weeks, we are um, driving everything to the sermon. The sermon is the focal point of our service. It isn't, you know, a great song that we're singing. The songs are wonderful but they are actually supportive, they should be uh, supportive of even the preaching of the word, which takes precedence um, of all things. In fact, so, what we try to do is we have an order of service in our bulletin each week, and it, it, it guides us the word prayed, the word preached, the word read, the word sang. Those are the elements that we... Exactly. Perfect. Thanks for drawing that, because I, I had forgotten we actually have that in there. So if you're a, a member of Believers... Uh, next Sunday or soon, take a look at the bulletin and, and really look at the order of service. You know, look, look at how it's structured and ordered and look at the different scripture readings that we have. Uh, those, are those, those are intentional for us to be, um, have a whole Bible emphasis in our worship services. Right. So Duffy, is there one particular thing that you have brought back from the conference that we need to be thinking about immediately to try to put in place? Is there something significant? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think so. Um, I'm, I'm so thankful that the Lord has brought our church to a place that it is right now. I think we have a really good, healthy Lord's Day service each week. Mm -hmm. I love what we have. Um, and what, what I came away from the conference with was a lot of confirmation and affirmation that we're on the right good, track. Good, And um, just a sort of re-emphasizing some good things. And I'm, I'm sure that there are other things that we could tweak, you know, in the future. But um, I, I think we're in a good, we're, we're in a good shape right now um, for that. I, I'm encouraged by you saying that. And in fact, I took advantage of the fact that you were absent on that Sunday and uh, explained to the congregation, this is why we do a call of worship. This is why it's important. This is why we do this every week, and it calls us uh, away from. It calls us away from the world. It calls us away from the mundane and the routine and all those things in life that we engage in, and and calls us to 
the presence of God. That's exactly right. That's and, exactly right. And it calls us to rest. And see, this is why we want to emphasize the word is because the word is what's finding where we are finding our rest, our peace, our joy. That's and, right. And it encourages us and it edifies us in our spiritual life. And so while you were gone, I did that and I also explained our pastoral prayer that we use every Sunday morning. Uh, and again, here's the elements of this prayer. This is intentional. This is why I say what I say when I pray. And, and I went through the um, confession of sin, yes. the gospel, yes. um, praying for persecuted believers, praying for a sister church in our area. Yeah, and so what, and I, I've commended you on this many times, and what we have at the start of our service is we almost have a, a time of catechesis, catechism at the beginning of our service. You, you begin with this gospel presentation at the very beginning, and then your prayer, um, you you handwrite your prayer every week, right? Yes, yes. Jason, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you are so dedicated and disciplined. You're one of the most disciplined guys I know. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I, I don't, my waist would tell uh, you otherwise. <laughs> well, I'll commend you on that area. I can't speak to the other. But, but if you, it's easy, I think, for... Um, Dr. Annual, one of my professors, and he's been, he, you can find his content online with G3 Ministries, but he has made some really, really impactful um, insights into the regular, habitual, um, it, it, we think of liturg uh, liturgical forms in worship sometimes to be dry and mundane, and they can be. But he argues that they can also be used for the opposite if they are used properly, and they are habit-forming. Your prayer that you say every week, although the content changes a little bit, it should be catechizing all of us to order our prayers in such a way that gets the focus off of me and onto others, and to, be, to express not only gratitude to God, but admission and confession of our sin mm -hmm. and be praying for other believers mm -hmm. near and far. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great thing. I think most of our people are just like, man, he's praying for a really long time. And <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but I can certainly see how that could be if you're right. not engaged. If you're showing up to church, you know, ready for that little emotional high from your favorite song, then you're not going to care about the opening prayer. You're ready for the drums to start or the, you know, and that's a whole other podcast episode, so right. I don't want to chase that rabbit. But <laughs> well, I, I, I want to commend you for well, opening our services each week with a really catechetical teaching time through your opening gospel presentation and prayer. Thank you. Well, that's encouraging. And you know me, I, I use a yellow legal pad for everything. <laughs> and I write that prayer on the, yes. the yellow yes. legal pad, and it's just one full page. Yes. And so the timing that it would take You've to... got it timed out, even. I know, do, to, yes. Almost to the minute, or right. the seconds, you know, <laughs> <Right>. even. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, let's... Yeah, let's, let's come back to our questions Yeah, let's here. think about this for a minute, Duffy. Um, was there a particular quote or a song or a sermon that stood out to you the most? Yeah, let me think on that for just a second. I, I took notes uh, with most of the sessions. They were really, really good. And um, by the way, I didn't mention this. I was uh, I was privileged to be able to attend this conference with a friend of mine, a good friend of mine from seminary. His name is Landon. 
And uh, he lives in South Missouri. He's a pastor of a small Reformed Baptist church in northern Arkansas, so right near that state line of Missouri and Arkansas. And um, I got to drive up to his house, uh, meet his family. He's a homeschool dad. Uh, of They've got six kids. Wow. Um, three or four of them are bright redheads. Just a beautiful family. But he and I are students together at Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And so we took this trip together. I drove to him, and then we drove together from his house to Louisville. And so we got just a great chance to just chat and, and just car ride, you know, road trip with the buddy. And so that was really neat. Uh, but he and I were talking on the way home from the, uh, from the conference that I think both of us, we were just blown away and so encouraged by Tom Nettles' sermon. Um, so in the conference, there was kind of a mix between preaching and lectures. It wasn't all of one or the other. So it was a good, it was a good mix of both. And Dr. Nettles, I told Landon, I was like, Dr. Nettles preached his socks off in that conference. <laughs> it was, it was just a wonderful, joyful, articulate, theological, robust, robust sermon for us. He didn't get up there and give us, you know, he's a preeminent historian. He's written much in history. He didn't give us a, a history lesson or history treatise, which would have been great. He just preached at us, and it was amazing. <laughs> so I would say the most memorable was him, but also a close second was um, a man named John Miller, and he is on the, uh, the administrative board of the seminary. Um, I think that he is from the Pennsylvania area, but he does work with the Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. And he also did a tremendous sermon. So I would say that Dr. Tom Nettles and um, John Miller both had, both of these guys were preaching back to back, one hour and then the very next hour. And this was kind of the mountain peak, the pinnacle of the conference to me. Um, they were just tremendous. Uh, John Miller took us through a biblical theology of worship in heaven and on earth from Genesis to Revelation. And it was just magnificent. Wow. I took some notes, but I was reading through them earlier. And I was like, the notes don't do any justice to the sermon. So uh, I was like, I don't know. I didn't write any good quotes down. But I can just tell you that Dr. Nettles and John Miller um, from the seminary, that was kind of the pinnacle. Um, Dr. Waldron did more of practical and real uh, theological uh rationale and emphasis on the regulative principle itself. So he was kind of using this book and really he, he gave more lecture style, mm -hmm. uh, defense of the regulative principle in practice. Mm -hmm. And so we had some good good interplay between those two things. Well, I know that all of that was beneficial and encouraging and helpful. Uh, was there one particular moment that just stood out maybe uh, what you what maybe yeah, you just I would say that. I would say Dr. Nettles sermon mm -hmm. was probably the best thing. Mm -hmm. um, to me that was kind of the the I'm glad that I spent the time driving and the money and all the time to get to hear him preach there. Right. And what was really, I almost forgot about this. One of the really neat things, I had not been to a conference so small before. Usually the conferences I've been to have folks in the thousands. Right. There were probably not even 200 people at this conference. Oh, wow. It was a very small, uh, it would have been equivalent to having a full Sunday here at our church, the amount of people there. So being in a small, in just a church sanctuary, just like our church, and having these giants, you know, standing in the pulpit, and it's just, you're, you know, you're 30, 40 feet away from them sitting there, and 
um, Dr. Nettles in one of the sessions just came and sat next to us because there wasn't a seat up. And so he just kind of popped in and sat right next to Landon and I. And we were both like, you know, that's Dr. Nettles, you know. He's like <laughs> wow. right there. And he was just hanging out, you know, listening right. to another session. So it was a really neat um, home feel. All these public – these guys have written books. They're, they will go down in history. Their names will be known far long after they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a really neat experience there. So. so we would commend Dr. Tom Nettles or Dr. Sam Waldron to the listener. Sure. If, and you can get on probably Sermon Audio and YouTube, and you can find you sermons. You can find them, out, yeah, all kinds. They've published stuff. They've got articles on places, sermons, right. uh, lectures, and all sorts of things. See, if I if he would have sit next to me, I would have taken my sermon notes and said, Dr. Nettles, would you sign this? <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, let's wrap this up. I yeah, know that that's good. That's we've good. had a good opportunity to kind of reflect and think about your opportunity to be there, uh, Duffy, and I'm glad that you were able to go. And uh, Would you attend again if you had an opportunity? Yeah, I'm actually planning to attend next year. Um, I don't want to say too much, but we have a neat opportunity, possibly Landon and I. Um, but next year's conference theme is going to be on eschatology. Oh. And so Landon and I both were like, we can't miss that. Um, Dr. Vody Bauckham will be there, and Dr. Joel Beakey will be there. On I know where they're going to be coming from. Then. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And so I'm thrilled to make the trek yeah. back to Louisville. Should I go with you? or <laughs> You're welcome to go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds um, like a great no. opportunity. It would be It would be beneficial. Yeah. They yeah. would have so much to give. Yeah. So Dr. Waldron, Dr. Beaky, and uh, Vody Bauckham, and there will be several other guys. I don't know if they announced all of the speakers there, but right. I certainly will have that on my calendar for next spring. Good. Um, well, Duffy, thank you for answering these questions yeah. and just walking through that. I know that um, for some of the listeners who are outside of the church, it might be, have been uh, something that you would not be interested in. But uh, I hope for our congregation, you were able to listen and just see the benefit of Duffy being able to attend. And again, a, a very grateful heart from both Duffy and myself hey, for yes. the church yes. uh, allowing us these opportunities. And prayerfully, and by God's grace, the church benefits in the long run. Yes, yes. And just let me let me close, if you don't mind, with just a personal note for me to our church. It has been a wonderful, you know, I'm, I've, I've passed the first year mark, and we're into the second year here at Believers, and I've been leading songs here and just getting to know folks, and it has just been truly a wonderful time. And I'm so thankful to be, uh, have the privilege of leading our church in song on Sunday mornings and, and other things. But it is truly a privilege, and this is one of those moments where I'm even more thankful that the church was able to help foot the bill for me to go and attend this, because it will uh, prove to be um, applicable and practical for my ministry here at the church as well. Well, I I want to encourage you, um, on that Sunday that you were gone, this was the last Sunday in March, uh, we had a first-time guest and his wife. And later on in conversation that I had with them in a follow-up conversation, they uh, loved the singing. They, they, they just commented on the singing. 
And I think that part of that is a result of um, your leadership and your encouraging us to sing and the way that the congregation has responded, and I'm grateful for that. Well, maybe so, but I know that before I got here, y'all were singing well, too. So I'm just here doing my little part here, you know. Right. God is blessing us. We have a singing church, and I think that that is in itself, regardless of me, that is a praise to the Lord that we have a singing church. Amen. Um, And that... uh, Christians are really the only people on the planet that really have good reason to sing at all. That's right. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we have something to sing about. Yes. And to, someone yeah, to sing to. Amen. And so that's that'll right. get me pumped up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for taking your time uh, today to listen to this one. Uh, so before you go, don't forget, like this uh, podcast, either on Podbean or any other podcast catcher that you listen through. Please pass the episodes along uh, to someone that you might think would benefit from it. We hope this has been a blessing to you. We pray that it has. Um, So uh, be encouraged. This is just from me to you as the listener. If you, wherever, whatever church you attend, sing well, engage in worship, Uh, join with your church on Sunday mornings and engage in the worship of God through singing prayer, praise, uh, and the preaching of the word. So until next time, grace and peace be with you all.